You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma podcast. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Excited to share this episode with you today. But before we do, I've got to thank our sponsors. First of all, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. They've been a huge part of this podcast for the last few years. So the Oklahoma Hall of Fame have been sharing Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com. And for daily updates, go to Oklahoma HOF on Instagram and give them a follow. Our other sponsor today is the Chickasaw Nation. Now, the Chickasaw Nation have sponsored pretty much everything in Oklahoma. They're a huge supporter of Oklahoma. And it's an honor to have their name and their brand supporting this podcast. So a huge shout out to Governor Anatoby for supporting this podcast. It really means a lot. Our third sponsor is Diffie Ford Lincoln down in El Reno. Now, this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine, um, play a lot of golf together. I've bought my cars from them. Do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in El Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, diffieford.net, and then on Instagram at diffiefordlincoln. This episode is brought to you by Hope is Alive. Hope is Alive exists to radically change the lives of drug addicts, alcoholics, and those who love them. Join us on August 11th at the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum for a celebration of hope featuring guest speaker Tim Tebow and musical artist Ben Fuller. Find out more and get your tickets at hia10.com. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hoon here, host, back with another episode. Gives me great pleasure to introduce return guest Mr. Eddie Radosevich, uh, formerly on episode 308, which was a couple of years ago. Since then, your Twitter following has significantly jumped. It was because of the appearance. It definitely was. No, it's good to be back. It, it feels like it's been forever. Uh, it's we been were forever. Just talking just a minute ago about like how long it's been, and I can't believe it's already been two and a half years, two years. I know. Nobody. It's COVID, right? Like it's just. Oh yeah, we just. We Everything was in a blur there for a while, Everything wasn't it? Everything was in a blur. Well, on my way down here, um, if it, well, I've made a bunch of notes of what we should talk to talk about today. Um, You've just come back from SEC Media Day. Yeah. But yeah. it was Big 12 Media Day first. Big 12 Media Day was down in Arlington uh, yeah. two weeks ago, about a week and a half ago. And then uh, we went to the final two days of SEC Media Day, which, you know, it was kind of weird because Oklahoma is obviously not in the SEC right now. Right. Uh, it's still a year away or less than a year away, July 1 of uh, 2024. But we wanted to go and kind of get a lay of the land and, you know, obviously see some of the uh, the faces that we're going to be seeing here over the next couple of years. So mm-hmm. it was, uh, you know, it basically was a trip to get out to Nashville on three who we just moved the site sooner scoop over they're based out of Nashville so we wanted to meet some of the people over there and uh it was it was cool like it, it I have my own feeling and thought process on like sure. media days in the middle of July which it, you don't get a whole lot out of it because the same questions that were asked at big 12 media day will be asked at local media day next yeah, week at Oklahoma yeah. uh but it is like the 
there are, there are certain like speed bumps that you have to get through to begin the season. Okay. Preseason uh, polls is one of them, which I don't care for at all. Uh, the media day aspect is another. And then it finally feels like, you know, this is the final, truly the final calm before the storm. Yeah. That is the season. So it's, um, it was good to like meet a bunch of people. I knew a couple people out there on radio row. Uh, but you know, it's, it's the sec. It's a little bit different. It's a little bit, um, more, I don't know, like, I guess there's just so many media members that come from all, you know, walks of life down there. It was, it was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. I think, you know, it, it's obviously new for you guys going out there and you, you know, everyone pretty much in the industry anyway, but do you kind of get that sense that you're like, you know, you're like the new guys on the block right? a little you're bit, just like, uh, yeah, just yeah. looking around and these guys are like, oh, fuck. Like here's Texas, the Oklahoma no, you were in people. town. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, it it was good though, and you know I, the the kind of the cool aspect of it was because Oklahoma's not in the SEC yet. We didn't really have like a set schedule on where we needed to be. We had to, you know, like you run around at the Big Twelve Media Day, and you're so focused on specifically covering Oklahoma. You're so focused on not wanting to miss anything that's said by any of the guys that are there, particularly Brent Venables, and then all the cast of characters that come with uh, the Oklahoma contingent. But at the same time, uh, being out there and being able to kind of do some Oklahoma type angles, you know, Josh Heupel was there one of the days that we were there. Shane Beamer, a former Oklahoma coach, was uh, was there with South Carolina. So uh, it was cool just to kind of get a lay of the land and kind of know what to expect when uh, Oklahoma is actually in the SEC in uh, 2024. Yeah, it's coming. It'll be here fast. No, it will be. It will be. It's kind of like the football season starting. Uh, you know, it, you get through like the dog days of summer and then all of a sudden uh, we're sitting, you know, basically this week and it's like, well, we need to get this, this, this and this done before season actually begins and working on previews and position breakdowns and stuff like that. So um, it was a good kind of a, a dress rehearsal, if you will. And uh, we will uh, we'll be in it for the real thing here coming up in about. I guess about a year when they're going to be doing it down in uh, Dallas, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, it is nice. It, it's well, it it's nice because it's close. It's right. nice because you know the lay of the land and all that. But being out in Nashville was, you know, it's it's not a town that we've uh, become accustomed to going to for Big Twelve or anything like that. And uh, you know, you can kind of throw Atlanta in the same mix. It, it's going to be fun to get out to some of these new places. Yeah. You can give these a little bit of room if you okay, want. Okay, cool. Don't worry about, um, I like, didn't know how, uh, how yeah, close I I know your radio that. mics are like right. in the face. Oh my gosh. You with, gotta these, like... with these, you can give them a little, a little bit of room. Cool. Uh, the other thing I think that's cool, and, and we'll get to Big 12 in a second, but you know, I got some friends who are in SEC schools, right? Mm -hmm. And they're SEC fans. And, and as soon as you see the schedule and like friends down in Baton Rouge are like, you're coming to the game, yeah. right? Like, for, it looks like a Friday night game. Yeah. Yes, I'll be there. Yeah. You know, so there's so many like going to be some, I mean, just, it's new, right? And, and I, somebody, I didn't think about this the other day until someone told me they were like, you know, you look at it as like, graduating up into a different bracket. Right? Mm -hmm. And as a golfer, you want to play with the best players, sure. right? And the same with every sport. You want to compete with the best. And obviously over the years, the SEC, as much as people I think don't like to say that, they've been the best. Right? Oh, yeah. So they're, they're, it makes sense from a longevity, like we need to be in amongst the best. But at the same time, like, you know, when you've, when you've won as many championships as OU has won and dominated like they have over the years, there's, there's not much else for them to do in the Big 12. Right. And, you know, I, I think that it obviously rubbed people the wrong way, the, the way that it all went down. And, you know, Oklahoma State, 
they have their own thought process and feelings on how they feel like they were left behind to a certain extent. But at the same time, I do think that, you know, it's, it's always kind of like one of those things that even with OU football that I try to look at it from another angle as far as if that would have happened and the roles were reversed, obviously Oklahoma fans would feel very, very, you know, some way about being left behind. But at the same time, it was a no brainer. You got to go play. Uh, and especially in the ever changing world of college football. I mean, everything is changing over the next couple of years. And obviously with the expansion of the playoff and uh, the way the television contracts work now, I mean, it, there is the business element to it. I mean, it's all about money. It always has been about money, but uh, you know, at the same time, I, I think it's going to be great for the sport. It's going to be great for the school. It's, it's great business wise for us at Sooner Scoop. I mean, it's unbelievable. So uh, the passion that the fan bases carry, it certainly matches up with the ideology of what those SEC schools are. And it's it's just going to be kind of uh, fun and unique to see how they kind of carve out their own role. And, you know, obviously they're going to have to be better on the field this year. And, um, you know, just with the way that recruiting works and how big that is in the college football landscape, in any landscape really in college athletics, it's going to be, I think, beneficial for Oklahoma in the long run to get there and to kind of get it out of the way. Yeah. What are you most excited about then going into the new uh, new new 2024 in SEC? Like what – and I'm sure you've answered this question a million times, but is there anything other than you know going to cool stadiums that, that just really you know you think that down the road this is going to be you know personally for you as well with work or just I mean it doesn't matter what it is but what stands out that like wow this is going to be you know I mean I, I think the probably the the easy answer is just all the new spots that we'll go to and places that, you know, kind of have their own uh, lore about them, whether it be a Baton Rouge on a Saturday night or, you know, Oxford, which is known for its tailgating scene down at the Grove or even a place like Auburn that, you know, I think that they've had their place in college football, uh, you know, certainly history, but to a certain extent, you don't know a whole lot about it. Like the first time that Oklahoma played Georgia was 2017 at the Rose Bowl, believe it or not. So it's, uh, I think just getting out and seeing some of the new places, even a place like uh, Vanderbilt that's located in Nashville. I mean, it's going to be fun to just be able to go over there and uh, kind of see the scenes that, that come with a game day in, in that. And that's probably one of the quote unquote lower levels of SEC football. So uh, I, I would say that that's the easiest part or like the easy answer. And then I think, just professionally, I think with so many eyeballs that the SEC brings, uh, you know, it, it's an opportunity to, you know, personally grow a brand. And then obviously with Sooner Scoop and everything that we want to do here over the next couple of years with building an office down in Campus Corner, which we've opened uh, since, you know, I think since we last talked, because we've only been there a year, um, there's just multitude of things that we're going to be able to do from a journalistic standpoint that uh, we could probably still do in the Big 12. Obviously, you could still do it, but there's so many more eyeballs now. And, you know, the college football is kind of in a uh, an interesting spot just because there is so much change. Uh, it's kind of like the... Um, the beginning of something that is going to be very, very new for everybody. And it seems like college football and, you know, college athletics, maybe even to a certain extent in general over the next, you know, three, four five years is going to go undergo so much change that it's kind of fun to be, I don't know about like at the, 
the starting point of all that, but it certainly feels like it's going to be something bigger than what it is. And it, it already is obviously just right. massive. Yeah. And then you have, like you said, your personal side of things too, right? Like your, you know, your, your day to day job and, sure. and, and, and how things work and on game day. And for people listening, if they haven't listened to that first episode that we did, just give people a quick recap of like exactly what it is that you do and, yeah. and you know, what the, what it may be, what a game day looks like. Yeah. So I work for Soonerscoop.com. I do all the video for them. Uh, kind of a videographer, I guess is probably the best way to say it. Uh, but you know, we have three guys now that are dedicated to OU, the OU football beat, uh, really four with, uh, myself, George Stoya, who we hired from the Denver Gazette. He was an Oklahoma graduate, Boppers Billy, who's been with us for a couple years and Kerry Murdoch. And then Josh McQuestion does all of our, he does team stuff as well, but he's the head publisher on the recruiting side of things. And, you know, I, the, a given game day basically starts at, you know, we'll go 11 AM just because that seems like what OU always plays, but, uh, we'll do some type of pregame show. We plan on doing some type of YouTube pregame and postgame this year. Uh, and then obviously I go and we cover the game and I'm down on the field, been lucky enough to be on the field for, I guess this would be my 11th season covering Oklahoma football. And, uh, you know, they've experienced a lot of highs here over the last uh, 10 years. And, uh, you know, there's been some lows here of recently, but it's still, you know, it's, it's fun growing up being in an Oklahoma fan, going to Oklahoma games. Uh, you know, I, I think that that's one thing that we've been able to kind of, uh, carve out a niche as far as uh, I wouldn't necessarily say a voice of the fan but we do um, you know I, I think most fans out there subscribe to kind of our thoughts and feelings and uh, kind of the conduit, I guess, between the fan and the team. And it's been a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, we do all the video. So I'll shoot all the games, go home, do all the press conferences. We put video over it and all that. And uh, we're going to do more like breakdown stuff this year, I think, which I'm really excited about on our YouTube page. And then through, uh, you know, stuff back in studio, we have uh, Carrie Murdoch and Josh McQueen have made a lot of investments into uh, the product that we put out. And, you know, we're pretty proud of, I think, what we've built here over the last 10 years in counting. And I think that that's why we made the move to on three. And then uh, it's just been, it's, it's been kind of fun to be part of that process. And now it feels like it's starting to really kind of come to fruition as far as what we're able to put out on a game day or throughout a week going into a game. Well, tell me about the move to on three. What's that? On, how significant is that? Yeah, it was massive. And, you know, we were, so we were with rivals, uh, for 20 years and I was with them for the last 10 of those 20 and on threes, basically it's, it was started by a guy named Shannon Terry who started rivals and then sold it off and then started 24 seven. And he's out of that now. And he started on three and it's basically, it's, it's, I guess it would be a hosting side, I guess is, but it on three that from what they do with national guys, just hired Andy Staples and uh, you know, they have more kind of planned as far as what they want to do. It's, 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 it's rather interesting just to how, how much media in general's changed. And I'm sure that you're well aware of that, you know, podcasting has become bigger than ever uh, being able to be on YouTube and do stuff. I was late to the party on YouTube. Like I didn't understand it. I didn't know why people would want to watch a podcast instead of listen to a podcast. And I'm completely old when it comes to that, but like it's become a massive, massive, 
massive platform, particularly for the sports side of things. And, you know, for everything else that's out there now, it seems like everybody has uh, some type of uh, podcast presence or some type of YouTube presence. And, uh, you know, on three is it's been awesome just from what they offer on the NIL side of things, name image likeness and the valuations that go into players, which is just massive nowadays. And especially on the college uh, ranks, it's become uh, kind of the way of life. And I think once you, you can't like push it away because it's not going anywhere. It's only going to become a stronger player in the college landscape. And it's, it's been kind of fascinating to watch it kind of go from something that people thought was going to be maybe nothing into what it is now where these players are making, you know, six figures on the first day of campus. Right. Which as like you said, it, it, you know, it's going to be around a long time. It's not going anywhere. If anything, it's going to get bigger, but also these kids, you know, the reality of some of these kids actually making it after right. college, like this money is doing, you know, it's, 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 so much good is being done with this money. Sure. I'm sure there are bad things too. Oh, right? yeah. Giving hundreds of thousands of dollars to never a good idea. Never a right? good idea. Like, you know, and cars and what all the stuff that's been going on for years anyway, but sure. now it's legal. Um, you know, but, but again, it's a huge recruiting tool. Oh, it's massive. You know? And, so. you know, I, I think that the way that that's, that's what's most interesting right now in college athletics is there is going to be some type of federal, uh, you know, yes. guard or something that happens because the schools are asking for it. And right now it's a little bit like the wild, wild west. Nobody really knows what's going on. Everybody's playing by a different set of rules, even though they're somewhat the same style rule. Uh, and you know, I, that's going to be interesting to see what the NCAA does as far as getting some type of mandate or some type of protection on it. But at the same time, there is so much good that's gone on, you know, whether it's, and Angel Reese, uh, you know, particularly on the women's side of things, there's money that is out there that would have never been out there had NIL not taken place. And, you know, there's some people that have probably taken advantage of it and not even probably they have. But at the same time, like I am of the opinion that, and this used to be like a very controversial take that players should be paid for their name, image, and likeness, especially at the college ranks where they're making billions of dollars every year. So how do you uh, kind of navigate saying, yeah, this is good, but this is bad when it's all, you know, basically the same thing. And I think that's what is so interesting. You know, Greg Sankey talked about it last week at SEC Media Days. It was obviously a massive talking point and it's not going to go anywhere. So it's kind of one of those things that the NCAA has been asleep at the wheel for so long that now everything has kind of gotten out of control and they're trying to rein it back in. But at the same time, how do you, you know, kind of put the toothpaste back into, uh, Mm -hmm. into the tube? Yeah, no, you're right. And I had, um, Oh, I had JC Watts on the podcast. Mm-hmm. We did two parts, and in in we didn't you know one of them was about his football, and the other was about his politics. And in, in the football part, he's just ripping on the NCAA yeah. the whole time. He's like, they're you know, I think he, I think I'm paraphrasing, but I think he's like, I think he said they're crooks. They've always been crooks, something yeah. like that. Um, you know, and and again, we could argue that for the PGA Tour and other oh, organizations yeah. that have just exploited and taken advantage of of athletes for a very long time. Uh, you know, and, and athletes can't really do much about it. Like that, they're kind of stuck. But moving away from that, uh, you had a you got a few schools joining Big Twelve, which yeah. is exciting. Yeah, how was that? It, it was it was really awkward. I think is probably the best way to say it, just because you don't really 
you know, the, the brands that are coming in are fantastic. Brett Yormark's done an incredible yeah. job with the news that the Big 12 was given when Oklahoma and Texas, uh, you know, kind of made the announcement or it was leaked or whatever you want to say two years ago. But at the same time, to keep the conference's head above water, he's been unbelievable. And he is a little bit of that new era of conference commissioner in that he gets the entertainment side of it. He gets, uh, you know, kind of what schools want or where this thing is going, wherever that may be, even how hard it is to project where the television money is going to be going in the next couple of years. So uh, what he did and being able to get to Central Florida, which I think is, you know, an incredible recruiting landscape, Dan in Orlando, Gus Malzahn's a terrific head coach. I think that they could be a really big addition in all sports, not just football. And then obviously with BYU, it's a national brand uh, with the Mormon religion. You know, obviously the, the football team has been extremely good over the last you know couple decades, even going back all the way to, uh, you know, maybe even the mid eighties. And then uh, Cincinnati and Houston are kind of friendly foes that have always been around. And Cincinnati is going to be interesting coming out of the Luke Fickle era as they, uh, they welcome in a new coach and Scott Satterfield and, uh, and then Houston who, you know, obviously I think anybody that lives around this region of the world would know uh, Houston's been a good player in, in all sports, obviously with Calvin Sampson and basketball, they've been outstanding over the last couple of years. And then, uh, you know, with Dana Holgerson, who a lot of people are familiar with. So it's going to be fun. Like I've never been to Utah, so we're going to Provo. Oklahoma's going to Provo uh, at the end of November. And then uh, Cincinnati, I've only been up there once and that should be cool. I think they have the oldest stadium in the country okay. at a uh, Nippert stadium. So it'd be cool just to go see something like that before. Right. Oklahoma gets escorted out. Yeah, like you've kind of probably got the best two years of being around OU football, right? You're like we get to see all these new places sure. in the two years, right? And we're kind of hopefully going out with a bang, uh, you know, and winning as you leave, and then actually going to SEC, which yeah. you know, two years of really cool games and new new places, and yeah, and and not even just football, right? Like a. Uh, Houston's golf team has been good for a long sure. time. Uh, they've got some pretty... All the way back to uh, the Jim Nance, uh, Fred Couple days, exactly, right? Exactly. I mean, and it, it is cool to see like just the ever-changing landscape of college athletics because even in the last five years, it's changed so much, dramatically. Uh, and, you know, obviously in football, everybody's chasing, you know, the SEC and Georgia and Alabama, but uh, at the same time, it's been kind of fun to see how that's going to come together and some of the smaller sports, like softball's going be a lot of fun. I think baseball is going to be a lot of fun. Golf is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's going to be different for sure because Oklahoma has one foot out the door kind of, and you could feel it even at Big 12 Media Day. Like, and Oklahoma is always going to be hated a little bit. It's kind of like sure. Alabama. Everybody, yeah. they hate the, the top dog. You hate the school that wins all the time. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, some, there's some pleasure, I think, from the Big 12 brass that Oklahoma and Texas are going to kind of get, get it or get stuck a little bit here at the end. Uh, or the, you know, that they've been struggling a little bit on the field. So uh, I don't know. It's the whole season is going to be awkward. I think anywhere Oklahoma goes is going to be awkward mm -hmm. You know, I, I think the phrase that they used down in Norman is um, every Oklahoma is everybody's game seven and you're going to get their best shot. So uh, it should be, it should still be a lot of fun to kind of navigate those waters. And uh, you know, I, I, I think even though there is an, a certain level of excitement going into the SEC stuff it's gonna be different and I think that you know I it's almost like because it is gonna be so much different there is a little bit of uh, angst that comes with just not knowing how all this is gonna turn out that yeah it's I mean it's 
it's exciting, right? Like that's the beauty of it. There's so much going on. And I was, um, we had a, so I saw you down there with the Conferry tournament mm -hmm. uh, at Jimmy Austin and for our, um, Pro-Am party We're in the stadium yeah. And we got to tour The facility yeah. Just walking through Like the football facility It's unbelievable Yeah And I was shocked They have a golf simulator In the in the, in the locker room Which yeah. is like The greatest thing yeah. ever To me you I know, know where I would Spend most of my time In that yeah. locker room Right Like you know No I don't need to be Looking at plays I'm going to work on my game Maybe my And maybe go. that's the problem maybe, maybe they need to Take that thing out of there Maybe that There's is too many the guys In the uh, the simulator Instead of the uh, The film room I don't know how long That has been in there but, um, <laughs> I hit some shots on it uh, It was Yeah it works But yeah you know You're down there And, and it You know it's and I know they're trying to figure out the tailgating thing going forward, yeah. right? Because that feels like it's taken a hit over the last sure. three to five years or whatever it is once they've you know, built some new buildings and stuff. But, I mean, Norman's a football town. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Now, like I said, your office is in the middle of it. Yeah. It, uh, everything runs through the football program. And it's crazy that there's so many of those businesses. And I, th I think this is like the exciting part about going to the SECs. There's, there's so many people that are entrepreneurs right now that are funneling money into Norman because they know the money that's going to come out when you have an Alabama fan base coming to Norman or you have a Tennessee fan base coming to Norman. And, you know, in a way, I think that some of those places have been hurt by the Big 12. And I think that that was kind of the impetus for, for moving. Obviously, you're getting a bunch of dollar signs when you're talking about television contracts. But at the same time, some of those uh, restaurants, some of the bars down there, uh, Campus Corner's been hurting for a while. And I think that, you know, it's going to be kind of fun to see the investments that come prior to the move and, you know, kind of the fruits of that labor that come at the end of all of this when the move is made and you're able to welcome in, uh, you know, there's, there's bars that basically their biggest Saturdays are six to seven times a year. And those are the Oklahoma home games. And they've been hurt because of the 11 a.m. kickoffs. So I, I'm happy for those people. Obviously, from like a personal standpoint, it's great for business. I mean, the, the fandom and the passion that come with SEC fan bases is probably, you know, it, 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 I don't know if it can be compared to anything because of the money that will come in and even Oklahoma City to a certain extent of people that will come stay at the Omni for a game down in Norman. And you could say the same thing in Stillwater to a certain extent, but I think it's just going to be that much greater. And especially when you're talking about an Alabama coming to, to Norman in 2024, you're probably talking about maybe one of the biggest game days down in Norman in maybe a decade, probably right. like since, uh, you know, House State came or like a Notre Dame came in 2012. Uh -huh. Like it's been a long time since they've had the quote yeah. unquote big game in Norman. Yeah. That Notre Dame game was freezing. I was at yeah. that game. It was so cold. Yeah, and uh, James Harden got traded in the middle of it, and then OU lost. So it was uh, probably a night that a lot of people that are listening will Not try to forget. Game at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you were recently talking about OU football. You were recently involved in Baker's camp recently, right? Yeah. We were supposed to record that day, but obviously it was very busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell me a little bit about kind of like your, your involvement with the guys that have graduated and moved on. Baker's been great. And I think that, you know, obviously he is kind of a, uh, a son of Oklahoma, even though he's from Austin, uh, that, you know, I think going all the way back to when he 
came to Norman the first time around in 2015, uh, or, you know, showed up in 2014. And then the picture of him was, you know, in a, in a unit, in a, a Jersey at a game day, like that's, that kind of stuff endeared him to a fan base that was kind of searching and kind of needing something back in those, those times. And then obviously the success that came on the football field certainly helped and, you know, going into a couple Heisman trophy ceremonies, winning the Heisman. Uh, it's been really cool that, you know, he still has a, uh, you know, a love for the fan base, a love for giving back to the community. He's extremely active in Meals on Wheels, uh, which, you know, is based out of Cleveland County, uh, delivering food to uh, elderly and people of those that need. And, you know, he's he's been awesome. I, I did some, PA, uh, some, some hosting stuff for his uh, Meals on Wheels event over at Top Golf. And then he has the annual Kids Camp, which is still kind of incredible that they are able to get the numbers that they do, given that, you know, nowadays kids that were probably infants when he was down in Norman or going to these camps. And it's just really cool to see him give back and, uh, you know, still have a, uh, a need or a want to come back and help, uh, the, you know, community of Norman certainly. And then the, 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 the folks around it. So it was a lot of fun. It was hot. It usually always is this time of the year when he has the camp, but it was good to catch up with him for a little bit before he had it back in, uh, gosh, they start camp now in uh, Tampa this week. That's crazy. It's nuts. Right? It's, it's nuts. so fast. I think I saw you walk a couple of weeks ago at a golf tournament. Yeah. And, you know, I said, what have you been up to? And you're like, well, now it's kind of like my chill time. Yeah. But I'm about to get really this is This is kind of like the this final week of July is usually like uh, the the calm before the storm. I mean, they, they have uh, local media next Tuesday down in Norman, and then they start camp on uh, on August 3rd, so uh, next Thursday, which yeah. is just, it's it's wild how the summer usually drags by. And then all of a sudden it's boom. And next thing you know, it's December. So it's, it's a fun part. It's a lot of work obviously, but, uh, you know, it, it, as a, as a journalist that covers football and particularly the college ranks, you kind of get in these modes where like June and July, you don't feel like you're doing a whole lot and you kind of have this worthless sense of feeling. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, I'm, I'm ready for it to be January. I'm ready for this to be over. Yeah, I'm sure because it, you just—it's busy, right? You're slammed the whole yeah. time, right? It's yeah, like, oh, we're not doing much, we're not doing much, and now it's full on. You we're get, all over the country. You get to full on football, and then like November hits, and all of a sudden college basketball's going on, which you know it's hard to like change those gears a little bit, yeah. and especially for the Oklahoma football fan that is so wrapped up in everything that's going on in the football season, uh, it's almost like you don't pay attention really to basketball until you know middle of December when things are finally starting to calm down. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, moving things away from football, you have a 2019 Masters hat on. Mm-hmm. You do was that the one you and Carsten went to? Uh, yes, yeah, we were Victor out there. Was the AM that year? The what? Victor Holden was the AM that yes. year. Yes, yeah, he was the low AM. Uh, Carson Cunningham was out there, uh, and we we had a day. It was it was one of the best trips I've ever made. Uh, and you know, obviously, you know, I think for any golfer, getting to Augusta is kind of a bucket list type deal. But it was. You know, it's it's truly one of those events that people talk about it and you have this idea and then it matches up and it aligns with everything that you've been told and then some. And I think that that's like kind of the, the lore, the magical part of going to Augusta. Like you've been there. It's it, it truly is. There's there's nothing like it. I mean, I, I think that all the way down to uh, not having a phone out there. I don't know if I'd want to be out there with a phone. It's yeah. it's almost like you kind of get lost in everything that is. It just takes you from the experience. Right. right? Like it, yeah, and I, 
you know, went with my dad this year and just like, you know, you, you it's almost emotional when you yeah. walk in, right? And we walked into the South Gate, walking mm-hmm. kind of by, you know, 14, 15, 13 green area. And just like, I'm here. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, I, you know, my hairs were standing up on my arm and I was walking in. I'm like, this is like, this is it, right? Yeah. You know, and, and there are some time there. Are, it's, yes, it is like very, you know, it's such a good spot to go to. But there is other times I, I'm like, there are, the TV makes it look so good. Right. And there are times like, it's not that good. Yeah. But it is up there. You know, no, it it's very just, close. It, it really is unbelievable. And it, it's kind of like everything else too. And you hear about like the undulation mm-hmm. and all the, the walking that you have to do. But even like walking up reverse up 10, which seems like it's a mountain. It's a ski slope. It's like, it, it truly like is one of those things that like you can't put it into words how up and down that place is and the different style of shots that you have to hit into each hole and the, you know, kind of the, just what it demands of you as a golfer. It's, it's, it's truly a, an experience. Like I've, I've told everybody since, since I got back in 2019 was like, if you ever have an opportunity and you have to like, whatever you have to do, do it, uh-huh. just go experience it. Uh, and it's, it's almost kind of like everybody that you're in the gallery with or the patrons, it's like, you're all in on this thing that nobody else knows about. Right. Yeah. You're totally right. Um, do so do you have a favorite master story from that day then? Or one that you might've heard? I mean, so we went we got out there on a Tuesday night. We went to Wednesday. I went to Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. So, and it's kind of like two different worlds because you're getting yeah. the practice round. You got the part three course and all that kind of stuff. Went over and did that. Like we walked out on uh, Wednesday and Tiger's walking down one. And it was, that was like, kind of like the first taste of like, holy crap, this is, yeah. this is surreal. Uh, but then like, we also got into Berkman's place on uh, five, nice. which was awesome. And it was like two different styles a day. And then, Thursday, I went out there after the radio show, after we got done and, uh, just met up with Carson. And of course it was like, you know, it was like, okay, we'll meet at the, uh, the scoreboard on one at noon yeah. and you know, good luck. It, yeah. It's like, look for the guy wearing the master stuff. Well, <laughs> you, you can't exactly do that, which was, it was, it was cool. And we finally met up and man, we, we sat on 15 green, and watched kind of over to the left of 15 green. So you could still see 16 T box. We sat there for probably five hours and just walked around that kind of that area, which was, it was almost shocking. Like how much room there is around all that stuff. It's a huge piece of property. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy to think that they keep buying more land with everything behind it. Uh, but it was just, I think being there and then, it also added into the kind of the lore that, uh, you know, Tiger obviously goes on to win that week and how special that was for the golf community. Uh, it was just, it, it was truly unbelievable, like the, and how easy everything is, whether it's yeah. going into the, the shops and stuff, and then you just FedEx everything back. And it's just, it's incredible. It really is incredible. And the, you know, everybody's talked about the concession prices and all that kind of stuff. It yeah. just, it, it, it truly like it, it still doesn't seem real almost. And that was one of, one of the guys who are, who, you know, also that I know that I was also there this year. He said that the concession and, and the concession stands and 
the um, pro shop area is the Chick-fil-A of golf. Yeah. Right? Because they're just on it. And yeah. you're right. My the, my package arrived before I did yeah. coming home. Yeah. <laughs> like, so. even, even like the bathrooms are like, yeah. oh, I, I, I could eat lunch in here. Right. Like, it, they're so clean. Everything is just perfect. Yeah. And it, it, it's almost down to the extent of somebody like, you know, they, they're throwing trash away and you miss the, the trash and somebody else, I got it. I got it for you. And they'll, they'll throw it away. It's, it's just, it's incredible. It's so good. Uh, talking golf, um, the open just finished. Yeah. We have, uh, an Oklahoma caddy winning the open. So cool. Fantastic. Um, it, it, it was cool to the extent of felt great for Brian Harmon. Sure. It's a great story. Scott Chway is unbelievable, uh, that he was on the bag for an experience like that. But from like a viewer aspect, <laughs> I was, I felt so, I felt so bad because I'm sitting there yesterday, like, you know, if he triples just make it 14, just like yeah. even a two shot lead going into 17 and 18 would be from a viewing standpoint, obviously yeah. better, but I don't know. It, it, the, the majors this year were just kind of blah. They, they were, they, it is what it is like, uh, but that's, I don't know. I, I guess to a certain aspect, you say that. And then you also say Brian Harmon was incredible. Like he, yeah. he whipped everybody's ass and you got to give some credit there because nobody, played like he did this weekend. I guess it's, it is kind of cool from the aspect too, that, uh, you know, with, with so much put into driving distance and all that kind of stuff in the game to see somebody do it, that doesn't exactly excel at driving distance or, you know, he does everything the right way and he seems like a good guy. So that was cool. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, I, I didn't really haven't watched any of it all weekend and I kind of caught the highlights. I watched the highlight last night and then I watched every shot of his round. Yeah. The video straight after. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, he hit some bad swings, but also like, putted unbelievably uh, which I think is the difference maker but yeah I mean every par four he's got like five four three iron into yeah him. He's not it's incredible guy. and I, I think that like when you talk about like rolling back the golf ball and that kind of stuff it would be kind of cool to see guys have to hit long irons into uh, greens that you know for the most part nowadays if you can just drive it 360 like Rory or somebody like that it's like it takes a little bit out of the game and it takes like a little bit of the art out of the game especially around the greens and stuff like that but it I don't know it it's it's been interesting to see kind of that whole discussion and with as many eyeballs that are on the sport right now it I guess in a way like it's not going to do anything for the 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 average normal person that wants to turn on the 3M this week but at the same time like it is kind of special to see guys win in various ways yeah uh well I mean you're right with the majors. I mean, obviously, all of Oklahoma wanted Ricky to win. Sure. Not many people know that Wyndham Clark also played golf at sure. Oklahoma State. Sure, So that was big. And I honestly, I can't remember who won the other two. Uh, Brooks uh, Kapka won, won the PGA. And then uh, Johnny Boyd. John Rahm won, which that was good. It's yeah. Good to, but also, he kind of dominated. Well, kind of. That wasn't bad, actually. Um, but still. Like, there were still questions was still going into the back nine. And, yeah. you know, I, I think anybody that watches a major, like, you want to have some type of right. question that needs to be answered with nine holes to play. And this year is just like, okay. Yeah. Like, you're looking at the clock. Like, if it wasn't at 11 a.m. on a Sunday, right. I probably would have been checked out. I'll yeah. be completely honest. Right. No, I think you're totally right. Um, did you go to live when it came to Tulsa? I did. How was it? I had a lot of fun. That's what I've heard from a lot but of people. But I would say from like a, 
you know, very pro PGA tour and everything that they, I don't want to say represent, but like the old guard, if you will, yeah. it was just kind of like, okay, I, I don't think that people are taking this too seriously. Okay. Did it feel like the scene in happy Gilmore is like, this is golf. Go back to your shanty. A little bit. Okay. It, it felt like, and I say this, like we spent a lot of time over on uh, 13 in somebody's backyard at a house party. Like that was, yeah. that was kind of what we did. Yeah. I watched probably 25 shots that entire day, which, you know, you go to a golf tournament. I think you want to, you want to watch yeah. every golf shot that you possibly can. And it just felt like it was, I, I hate to say that it felt very unserious, but that's kind of how it felt. Yeah. And it also felt like if I was going to a golf tournament for the first time and I'd never been to a masters or I'd never been to a PGA championship or a U.S. open or anything like that, you would go, this was awesome. Why don't they do this all the time? Right. Like people, you know, parachuting into the first fairway and music as loud as you can possibly imagine. Like one of the lasting impressions that I have of, uh, the live tour up in Tulsa was, uh, God, I, I can't even remember who, won, who who played in the playoff now, but... Uh, DJ and Cam Smith. Cam Smith. And then someone else. It yes. Three, right? Yes. Yeah. It, it was Cam Smith, and he's making... He has like a you know 13-foot putt on 18 to force a playoff, and there's just... It, it sounded like you're at a Las Vegas club, like with all the music and stuff, and it's just like... This is cool, but I, it just doesn't feel like what I'm accustomed to. And I think that that was probably the biggest part is it just didn't feel like a golf tournament. But at the end of the day, it was it was fun. And, you know, I live for as bad as you want to talk about it has forced some change in golf. That is obviously a very, very good thing for the sport as a whole. So, yeah, I don't know. It just like I. I don't know about you, but like you got like six months into the PGA live stuff. And it's just like, I don't care how they do it. I just want Cam Smith, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, the best golfers in the world. I want them to be playing in the same tournaments right. as Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler, and you know, so on and so on. Right. So it, if that's what we had to do to get to where this thing's going, I guess at the end of the day, I'm fine with it. There will be people though, that argue back and forth on, you know, who quote unquote won mm -hmm. for perpetuity. Yeah. And, and the thing is like, as Oklahomans, we have like a lot of guys playing live. Yeah. Right. You got Gooch, Answer, yeah. Uline, Charles Howell, um, Answer. I mean, you know, like we can't help but be involved. Right. 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 But and the, I, know, I think that Oklahoma, like, you put everybody together and, you know, the, the golf community, whether it be, you know, an Oklahoma amateur or uh, the stroke play event or anything like that, like it has such a stronghold right now in where the sport is that you can't tell the, you know, kind of quote unquote yeah. golf story without mentioning Oklahoma. And I think that that's like the cool, unique part about all this is that, hopefully somebody like a Cedar Ridge or a Southern Hills or Oak Tree National or whoever, they can all be winners out of this at the end of the day. Yeah, because we have the senior, right, coming to Oak Tree National, senior open? Yeah, I think so. A senior PGA, maybe. One of them is coming to the senior. I think it's the senior open because they had one when Monty won it. Right. And now it's coming back. Right. So, which was which was cool. And, you know, you go out at the Drew Neville thing. It's uh -huh. like 
you look at all the guys that are out there right now mm-hmm. and playing out of Oak Tree National, there are so many guys and so many guys that are having yeah. real success out there, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be Rain Gibson or it be a Logan McAllister or Quade Cummins. Uh, the, the, the sport and kind of the stronghold on the Corn Ferry right now with all the Oklahoma guys with Oklahoma connections is, is really cool to watch. And I think that it's only a matter of time before, you know, they bust out on, you know, quote unquote, the bigger scene. Right. It's, it's been a lot of fun to watch. Is it top 30 or top 25 that go to, or is it top 35 that goes to PJ Tour? I think 30 right now. 30, they've yeah. from 25, right? Yes. Yeah. So, you I mean, Logan McAllister right now is at 30, you know, like I said, Kevin Doty's up there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know I think Reen's up there cause he's had a win. Sure. Like we got plenty of Oklahomans on, on the board that are, you know, like, and some of them, obviously, you think of Creel and Reen, like, they've been up and down. Yeah. And Kevin, I think, has been up and down on the big tour. So, you know, there's a, I love golf in this state. It's so good. Yeah. It, just it, love it. It really is, like, and I'm completely homer. I know this going in. But I feel like the courses, and particularly on the public side, there's not a whole lot of states that have the types of courses that we have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I think that, you know, just with the elements and what we play through in middle of April with the wind or, you know, even the wind that you get in, you know, right now in June and July, like it, it helps these guys. And I think that that's why you even see guys that were outsiders like a Victor Hovland making a home in Edmond uh, to be able to kind of take advantage of uh, what we have to offer both private and publicly. And obviously those guys will be more connected to the private side, but, uh, it's, it's been really cool. And, you know, I think like you look at AJGA rankings and stuff like that, and it's blowing up with Oklahoma kids and yeah. people from this area. I think today there is an AJGA at Galadia this, mm-hmm. week, this week. Taylor's, uh, Taylor's thing. thing. Yeah. Um, so, and I think he's actually on a plane right now coming back for it from the open, but yeah, it's cool to see like obviously him and, and just kind of his foundation give back to that as well. Right? Yeah. Cause he was, he was not a country club kid growing up. Right. Yeah. You know, he's a, a muni kid and it's great to see obviously his success and, you know, multiple live, live winner and hopefully he can, figure out to win, you know, whatever happens at the 11 PJ tour sure. continues to win. Um, moving on from golf, hot bingo nights, hot bingo nights, man. The Jones has become kind of a staple every Thursday of, uh, the beginning of people's weekends. And, uh, we've taken a lot of pride in that. I, I, it was one of those things that like when, uh, you know, Brian Bogart approached us and, uh, I do it with his brother, Brett, who's the head coach over at heritage hall, uh, football team. It, it was kind of like one of those things like, yeah, we'll do it. And, We'll see if people show up, and it's become kind of a hit. It's been uh, it's been a lot of fun to uh, to watch it grow here over the last couple of years, and obviously Clubby's been great as the title sponsor, and uh, they put together really cool prize packs for a free bingo game on a Thursday night, which uh, has been kind of fun to be a part of. And I think that like there are Thursdays where it's like, and especially doing morning radio on Fridays where it's like seven thirty rolls around, it's like oh god, I gotta go do this. But once you get there, it's pretty fun. Yeah, I was there last week. Uh, was it last week? No, the week before. The last one, week. the one week one that I was not there. there. Yeah, the week my brother was in town. That's the week I took him, and um, it was me, my brother, his girlfriend, and my wife, and I won. 
the second game, I think. Yeah. And then my brother won one of the games. My brother's not. He's like, he told Taryn, my wife, he said, you need to go up and get it. I'm not going up there on stage. <laughs> not going on stage. Going yeah, on stage we, we, we run into that. Or not. But um, yeah, I had, a, I, had a, I had a clubby golf towel, which um, I don't need another golf towel. Right, right. <laughs> but I got a clubby golf towel. And I think I had a gift card to some makeup place, which I gave to my wife. Uh, it's a win-win. Or something. I was like, but it was uh, it was the day before uh, Frozé All Day. Or oh, my gosh. All Day, which uh, seemed like a huge hit. I it didn't was. go to Frozé All Day, but... Um, I was there the all day, and it, it was a day. Let me tell you. It was fun, though. God. It was fun. They uh, The Jones Assembly is really cool. I mean, it, it is kind of one of the uh, premier venues right now in Oklahoma City, and you know they've done an extremely good job of running it with the social order and everybody that's a part of that over there. It's been... Uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch. It's, it's, it's kind of like Oklahoma city in itself that there is so much to do. Like there's so many people that have come up to me and, uh, you know, you know, whether they're coming in for thunder games or they're coming in for Oklahoma games, uh, and you know, kind of, I guess really just kind of hyping up Oklahoma city into what it's turned into. It's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. And I think that like, particularly for people my age, uh, that remember the old brick town and when you wouldn't necessarily go down there for anything. And now like, you know, looking back on it, I live downtown. There's uh, there's, it, it, it's certainly undergrown a, uh, a massive growth and change and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know, it's just been a lot of fun to watch here over the last couple of years, especially being from Oklahoma city. Yeah. It's, it's a blast. It's the first place I take people to when they come to town, sure. if they've got enough time. Yeah. Um, you know, even if it's just for a beer or hopping a night, so sure. you just sit down and actually have a proper dinner. Right. Um, you know, saw Gary Clark Jr. there uh, this year. It was fantastic. Um, so, yeah, all around venue. I love it. Brian and um, Graham done such a great yeah, job. Yeah, they've been so awesome. Sure. It's so. been awesome. It, it never really would have, uh, I guess, not necessarily surprised me, but to see what it is and to see the venue or the, the people that they have coming in, it's always kind of like still one of those, like, I don't know about a pinch me moment, but it is like a, holy crap. Like, okay. Oklahoma city has a little spot here on this, uh, on this music calendar. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you go talking about Oklahoma city? Did you go to the, the mayor's state of the city address thing? I was in Nashville. Okay. I was in Nashville. So I watched it, yeah. uh, online and I, I, I love David Hold. I think he's been awesome for the city, obviously with the growth that we've made over the last couple of years. And, you know, I think that he's still fighting a little bit of a battle with uh, the folks that don't want to build a new arena, but you know, I, I'm somebody that I don't know how you couldn't see what Chesapeake or, you know, Paycom has done for this city and then say, no, we don't, we don't need to make improvements. We don't need to uh, make changes. It's kind of like the university of Oklahoma and their football facilities to a certain extent in that, you know, as nice as they are right now, you got to continue to keep up with the Joneses, if you will. Uh, you got to be able to build and continue to build for things that instead of looking at, oh, this is going to be here in a year, you got to look at five years down the road or 10 years down the road and know where you're trying to forecast everything to be. So, uh, you know, the thunder has been unbelievable to the city. I understand that there's people that are going to, you know, argue for forever as far as like who should pay for it and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, maybe this is me just being completely ignorant to the situation, but like a, 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 a penny sales tax or something, I'll, I'll take up five other people, give me a nickel and we'll, we'll go from there. Like, it just seems like it's a no brainer yeah. when you're talking about 
building and continuing to build and to keep the progress uh, that the city has made. So I, I hope they build it. I hope they get enough support. And I think that they will at the end of the day. I mean, it's going to be backed by a lot of people that, uh, you know, have a lot of foresight in what they want this city to become and what they want it to continue to be. And I think it can only be a good thing that comes out of it. Yeah. BLC. That's right. right? That's right. Old That's right. It, uh... it, it really is like going from, you know, growing up in Oklahoma City and going to 89ers games out of the uh, state fairgrounds to, you know, what this city has become. Like, if you want it to continue to be this up and coming place where people that are, uh, you know, just entering the quote unquote professional setting, like, I, I'm, I'm always shocked kind of here recently how many people are moving to Oklahoma City and how, like, just small things like traffic and stuff like that. It's like, huh. Okay, yeah. like you kind of got a plan for some of this right. stuff nowadays. Yeah. And I, it, as much of it is kind of a pain or a burden or whatever you want to call it of a growing metropolis and a growing city, at the same time, it is still in progress. And, you know, I, I don't know if I want to ever see this thing become like an Austin where it seems like it's almost out of control now with the growth. But I do think that there are certain, uh, you know, hiccups that you have to kind of go through if you want to uh, make this and continue to build what is a a, a lovely place to live. Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend in town, uh, last weekend. Um, he came in town to qualify for the USM. Mm -hmm. uh, so I caddied for him and he did qualify for the USM. So, so cool, going man. Going to Denver soon. So cool. Uh, can't wait. Shout out Jonathan Bale. Uh, he lives in Jupiter and he, yeah. he, you know, he flew in, stayed at the house. And then before we went to a practice run at the wonderful Rose Creek, we went up to Gladier and, you know, we, we were hitting balls at Gladier. He's like, dude, this is sick. Like, I know it's unbelievable, and he's like, "How much is it out here?" And I'm like, "You won't like, compared to what you spend right, in Jupiter, right, Florida. Right. The you might be able to get a shag bag right, and, yeah. and around Jupiter you for know, that price." We're driving around the golf course and looking at some of the monster houses that are out there. Like, there's there's kind of like this famous dealership row out there. Mm -hmm. Houses, right? You know, yep. you've got all the dealership owners. And I said, "Oh, well, that one's actually for sale right now. It's six point five million. And he's like, "Only six point five million dollars yeah. to people who live in Oklahoma. Like, that's a lot of money, right? It's a lot of money anywhere you live. But when he's living in Jupiter, right, and he's looking at houses that are on Jupiter Island for thirty million dollars, and they're half the size, yeah, you know, he's like, it puts into perspective of why people are moving here because, you know, if you're making quote whatever you make on the on the coasts, right, and you come to Oklahoma and you make relatively the same money, your quality of life goes through the roof here. Sure, you know, so it's yeah. awesome. Other than our winters. Yeah, he doesn't have a window. Don't bring him back when we have an ice storm. <laughs> exactly. Don't bring him back. Have you been up to uh, Cherry Hills? Uh, no, not yet. No. So I'm, I'm actually going to drive out there because um, I, 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 I've never been to Denver. Yeah. So um, I'm going to drive and that basically makes sure that we have a, we have a car when we get sure. here. And also I can load the car up with push cart and yeah. all the stuff that we need you know, for the golf. But no, he has played, he played the US Mid-Am when it was at Common Ground and the other golf course that they used. So he's played Common Ground, but he hasn't played Cherry Hills yet. So it's going to be so cool. I can't wait. I mean, it's going to be fun for me. Like I obviously I wish I was playing sure. and I will forever now try and qualify for the US Sam and I, I haven't in the past and just being out there I'm like I could do this like I've got to go and try um, but yeah just to you know to be on the bag is fun and, and obviously you know with a guy that I've known you know from, from back home for That'll a very be really long cool. time it's uh, you know it's going to be awesome and 
Taryn thankfully is letting me go. <laughs> so I, I asked uh, when we were when he qualified. I you know he asked me he's like, hey, would you come to Denver with me? And I said, well, you're going to have to ask my wife, right? Because I'm not asking, right? Her. You're right. going to have to ask. Them. That's uh, going to be so much fun. Yeah. I the the whole like USGA does an incredible job with all of their events that they do, but the US Amateur is still one of those. I don't know. It feels like a truly yeah. wide open thing. Like you just get hot for a week and kind of kind of see where it is. Right, Brad. Dolphin yeah. got to the final. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many other Oklahomans we've had that have played pretty well in it, but still. It's, There's been a couple guys from yeah. Oklahoma State that have wanted, obviously. Um, you know, I, it, it's kind of crazy even going back to uh, 2019 uh, at the Masters. Like, some kid from Norway just shows up and he wins the U.S. Amateur and then all of a yeah. sudden Victor Hovland's all over golf. So right. uh, it'll be cool. And Shane Bacon's in there, I think, this year. Oh, he, Bacon qualified. He, he right. qualified and it's just, I don't know. There's something about qualifying to get into a tournament that everybody or anybody can get into and then kind of stacking up and seeing where you are and right. you know Ryder Cowan's playing really well right now I think he qualified or one of the last guys to qualify to get uh-huh. in so uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, eyeballs that will be on that you know for the US Amateur Week and I just hope that hopefully you guys make a run it'd yeah. be really cool I'm trying to look at the list now and how, I mean obviously how could I forget um uh, Hovland winning. Does Kelly Craft play at Oklahoma State? Or is he? No, I think he was an I SMU. I think he's an SMU guy, yeah, maybe. He is. Yeah. And that name. Uh, oh, Peter Uline played. Peter Uline, yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean. Now, you got to make sure that you work it to where if he makes a. Uh, am final going to the masters you need to be on the bag as well because you're the good luck charm it it would be very apparent yeah i can't imagine what that experience would be like it's just i i I told him i'll put a painter's jumpsuit on i don't care yeah we'll walk up and down the hills that's totally fine (laughs) me i I know it would be no push call mafia at augusta i I can't imagine what uh the great hootie johnson would think of uh of somebody using a push card out there i'm sure that that thing would be uh confiscated before you even got to uh magnolia lane somebody probably take the wheels off it yes. going into my head. oh yeah you would it would it, there would be some heads that would be turned there's no 100%. doubt about that well dude i appreciate you coming in absolutely uh, man it's been it's awesome really yeah thank you i appreciate it it's uh it's a fun time right now with uh everything that's going on in the oklahoma sports scene and then you know obviously with uh everything else that's out there right now it feels like the you know ou and college athletics are entering a phase where nobody knows uh what's next and i think that you know just from a like a journalistic standpoint that's really exciting is really kind of not knowing even though like over the last you know 10 years you didn't really know because media was changing so quickly but it feels like things are starting to slow down at least on the media side and how people take in information that you know we really feel like there's a kind of an opening right now mm-hmm. in how games are covered and how uh, we, you know, kind of connect those fans to mm-hmm. the players. And I think that, like, at the end of the day, that's one of the main priorities and objectives that we do, especially in NIL stuff, yeah. is letting people into the lives of a Danny Stutzman or a Dylan Gabriel or somebody like that, mm-hmm. that so many people kind of grow up, and especially in Oklahoma, you idolize those people, and it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and we didn't even talk about Natty 
Elise for Patty and another well another national championship and she's unbelievable. Patty Gasso is just this year, hopefully next year, hopefully. I mean, it, it's it's incredible what they were able to accomplish and you know really just how we 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 sent two people to cover the women's college world series this year for the first time and the numbers that we did on softball stories were just incredible it was absolutely insane and obviously they were an insane team that deserved every you know accolade that they could possibly um you know obtain it was it was it was awesome it was really cool finishing up uh prediction for next year football what's the record they need to win nine or ten games so nine and three ten and two i think on paper is probably where oklahoma is i think the over under in vegas right now is nine and a half and you know just to build some momentum into 2024 and how crucial this year is for brent venables to kind of get things going on the right track and i think that you know last year with the six and seven finish and the disappointment that came with it. it there were so many times that we would come back from a game and we're doing our podcast for the week on Sundays or Mondays and it's just like how do we how do we do this like it, it was, it was only, yeah it was like it was challenging to a certain extent uh, because you didn't want to just sit there and talk about failures for an hour and a half and I think that like the the schedule sets up for Oklahoma to be very very good if they can just get over the hump in some of the games that they lost you know five of the seven losses last year came by one score they lost three of their last five literally on the final possession of the game, including the uh, bowl game down in uh, Orlando against Florida State. And so, like, if you can see through that and you can get to why did they lose these games or why did they turn the ball over, why did they commit a penalty here or, um, you know, mismanage a game there, uh, it, it seems like everything's positive right now. And I guess that's the way it's supposed to be in August. Uh, you might check back in uh, December to see how everything goes, but it's going to be a lot of fun to see what happens with year number two under Brent Venables because there are so many he's such a likable guy that there are so many people that are cheering you know wanting this thing to be right and uh, you know with everything that happened in that first year and the way that Lincoln left uh, to go to Los Angeles uh, you know there was it was a hurt fan base that uh, I think just expected things to change overnight and when that didn't happen I think that's where the frustration and the disappointment stemmed from but at the same time it does feel like everything's progressing in the right direction. They went out and they were able to get some guys in the transfer portal. They were still able to bring in a top five class last year, uh, recruiting wise, which was kind of pivotal for them to at least have that to be able to fall back on. But at the same time, with all that said, if you don't do it on the 12 Saturdays of fall, there's going to be some very, very unhappy people around here. hundred percent. hundred percent. Eddie Radosovich, ladies and gentlemen, at Eddie Rado on Instagram and Twitter. You should definitely follow him on Twitter. Are you on threads as well? To Eddie I am on, on threads. threads. I, I had to just because just I wanted to, to dip it. in, but yeah. I'm such a olds when it comes to like new social media yeah. it just like it i don't think it's gonna stick. i popped over to get the name and that's yeah, yeah. exactly i gotta I, do that i hopped over i'm still over on twitter though i'm such a sucker twitter is now x i think so it's been it's been rebranded but thank you people, lord elon <laughs> lord elon but yeah for people listening uh i will put the link to eddie's twitter in the in the description down below and uh if you're uh, if you're around on hot thursdays there's not many left Go on a Thursday Jones Assembly. Get your chance to win $1,000 if you get a full board um, last game. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you next episode. Cheers. Hope you guys enjoyed that great episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, huge shout out to our sponsors, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, sharing Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com.
and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. Our other sponsor, the Chickasaw Nation, amazing sponsor. They do amazing things for the state and they're always sponsoring something in Oklahoma. They're a huge supporter of Oklahoma and without their support, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. And our third sponsor is Diffie Ford Lincoln down in El Reno. Now, this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine, um, play a lot of golf together. I've bought my cars from them do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in El Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, diffieford.net, and then on Instagram at diffiefordlincoln. This episode is brought to you by Hope is Alive. Hope is Alive exists to radically change the lives of drug addicts, alcoholics, and those who love them. Join us on August 11th at the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum for a celebration of hope featuring guest speaker Tim Tebow and musical artist Ben Fuller. Find out more and get your tickets at hia10.com. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.